This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 98 The Bel Air House Haunting Bel Air, Ohio, once known as Glass City, having once been a major glass production hub in the late 1800s, now it is a normal American town. Despite its welcoming nature, it is home to a house that has become well known over the years for the true horror that resides there. Some even refer to it as the most haunted house in America, due to the disturbing and unexplained experiences that have taken place there. The Bel Air House, as it has come to be known, was built in 1887 by a man named Jacob Hetherington. It sits nearby to ancient Native American burial caves and was also built on the land once soaked in blood during the French and Indian War. The house was also built on an active coal mine. At one point, an explosion took place in the mine, killing many men working within it and directly under the house. One could question whether this had an effect on the overall activity that has been said to occur in the home. Some believe it had opened a portal, or a rift that may have allowed something to come through that shouldn't have ever been there. It was shortly after the explosion that the activity in the house began. Jacob Hetherington's son Alex moved into the house with his daughter Lyde. Shortly after they started living there, Alex found himself the subject of seizures and hallucinations. Over time, they became progressively worse, ultimately leading to him being committed to an asylum where he lived out the rest of his days. He claimed that the demons had been trying to kill him. As the years progressed, Alex's daughter took over the estate and the family business. With the assistance of her younger brother Edwin, it wasn't long before Lyde unexpectedly passed away one morning in the kitchen of the home. At that point, Edwin found himself stricken by grief and searching for an explanation. He immediately spiraled into mysticism and the occult as a means of finding the answers and to determine exactly what had been going on. Edwin began to host seances in the kitchen of the house where Lyde had passed away on a regular basis. His goal was to make contact with her from the other side. Many believe some form of contact was made. However, it is undetermined who actually came through during each session. Despite this, a line of contact was open and never fully closed. Years later in 2005, Kristen Lee and her family were shopping for a new home after a flash flood in the area destroyed their previous house. Unfortunately, they lost everything during the flood and were forced to relocate. Kristen, her two sons, Nicholas and Lane, and her husband, Heffy, had been staying with some friends for the previous weeks before stumbling upon the home. After continuously checking the real estate listings, Kristen had finally found a potential house within their limited budget. The listing stated that the house had been recently been foreclosed on and was now available for purchase. 
She found herself instantly in love with the old Victorian-style home. It had four bedrooms and two bathrooms, and was plenty large enough for their family. Despite the vague listing, she couldn't turn down the pricing of the house. Kristen immediately arranged for a showing, and it wasn't long before she found herself on the front steps of the Bel Air house. To her surprise, the house was even more beautiful in person. With its distinct woodwork and wraparound porch that faced the Ohio River, upon entering the home, she found herself imagining she and her family's life there. Everything about it was perfect. Even the dog would be happy due to its large backyard that would be perfect for her to run. Kristen put in an offer on the house that evening, and it was accepted the next morning. The family quickly settled into their new home. At first, everything was quiet and normal. However, the family would soon find themselves being terrorized by the unexplained occurrences that would plague them during their time living there. The family began to hear odd noises in the night. As it was an old house, they were easy to dismiss it and assumed it was normal. However, that was just the beginning. The family began to hear footsteps walking the floor at all hours of the night. Kristen often complained of hearing the footsteps throughout the day. She could hear them above and below her, even when no one else was in the home but her. She couldn't help but to feel as though there were thousands of eyes on her, watching her every move. Along with the strange occurrences in the home, items would start to go missing or would be found moved to a different spot than they had originally been placed. One moment they would be there, and seconds later, they would vanish. Kristen wasn't the only one to have strange experiences in the home. Kristen's 12-year-old son, Nicholas, found himself the victim of a malevolent force that seemed to occupy his bedroom. He would often wake up after suffering from night terrors, feeling as if someone had been covering his mouth and nose and suffocating him. One night while it was storming outside, Nicholas woke up in a cold sweat. The lightning outside filled his bedroom, illuminating every corner. Out of the corner of his eye, near his closet, he spotted a dark figure, shaking violently and writhing as it stared at him. Nicholas immediately jumped out of bed and raced to his mother's room. (laughs) sobbing and telling her that he no longer wanted to sleep there. Kristen's attempt at comforting him was unsuccessful. Nicholas became so worked up, the only option she could think of was to send him to stay with his grandmother. As the months progressed, so did the occurrences in the home. That winter, while the family was still tight on finances... They had to sleep in the basement near the fireplace to save money on heating. Kristen was awoken by the feeling of the couch cushion being pressed down by her legs. At that moment, she looked up to see the terrifying image of a man staring back at her. He appeared to be translucent, almost as if he was a mist. His face was completely emotionless and had dark, sunken-in eyes. Kristen attempted to speak to the figure and asked, Who are you? What are you doing here? What do you want? However, the ghastly figure provided no response. Instead, he continued staring at her till he vanished before her very eyes. At that point, the family dog, Bella, began barking frantically and running around the room. Kristen tried to calm the dog as she noticed that she could see her breath as she exhaled. 
The ghastly figure she had seen before materialized once again and walked from one side of the room to the other, disappearing into the wall. Kristen immediately woke her husband, explaining to him what she had just seen. Unsurprisingly, he dismissed her claims and assumed that she had just been tired and was half asleep in seeing things. The days continued to progress and Kristen knew she and her family needed to get out of the house. She was ultimately convinced it was haunted and feared for their safety. The house was then put up for sale again and Kristen and the family moved to a nearby rental while they waited for a buyer. Relieved to be out of the house and no longer dealing with the threat to the safety of her family, Kristen began to feel like herself again. The weeks came and went and the Bel Air house continued to sit vacant with no buyer in sight. She then made the decision to list it as a rental. This began a rotating door of tenants, moving out as quickly as they moved in and never staying for very long periods of time. Kristen and her family continued to struggle to make ends meet and were stuck with an empty home. She formed an idea to turn the house into an afterlife research property. This would allow different groups to come in and explore the home using it for research purposes, to form their own opinions and conclusion on the activity that took place there. It wasn't long before groups began contacting her to schedule a time to investigate the property. One group consisted of a birthing nurse and another who worked with dying patients and were the first to tour the house. Their first impression on the home was that it was very creepy. By this point, the home was in a moderate state of decay. The group made their way inside, initially feeling welcomed. That feeling quickly changed after they set up their gear. A dark and ominous feeling seemed to overtake them and make itself known in the home. After that point, the noises began... Knocks turned into banging that intensified and seemed to rattle the house around them. The rustling of footsteps and moving furniture could be heard from overhead and from below them. They also could not shake the feeling of being watched. As they furthered their investigation, they began to see strange lights in various parts of the home. The lights then turned to full-blown apparitions, all of which seemed to be focused around the basement. While down there, the two decided to sit for a moment to discuss what they had witnessed so far. All of a sudden, a loud crash came from overhead. The two women decided to make their way up the stairs and flee the home in terror, leaving behind their equipment. They were too afraid to go back for them. Over the years, dozens of paranormal investigative groups and thrill seekers have made their way into the house and haven't been able to make it through the night. Some have claimed to have been scratched, pushed down the stairs, and even thrown across the room by an unseen force. It is clear to see that something has taken place in the Bel Air house, due to the lasting impact it has had on everyone who has stepped foot within it. Many claim that it is a paranormal hotspot, filled to the brim with spirits of the nearby Native American burial caves, and the once active mine that lives below the home. One can question what opened the area up to the many that now call it home. Was a portal created by the tragedy that took place when the mine collapsed? Or was it during the many seances that were conducted in the house, leaving the lines of communication forever opened? Many questions remain regarding the house and what exactly it all means. However, one thing is for sure. 
It continues to be referred to as one of the most haunted houses in America. It also continues to be a prime spot for researching and investigating into the unknown. There will undoubtedly be many more experiences to take place there. So I remind you campers, should you find yourself stepping foot into the Bel Air house, be mindful and cautious. For you too may very well become part of its history. Welcome, all campfire friends, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. Tonight we present you a story hosted by your average hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now the debrief. Fucking nice NPR voice. You don't like that one? No, I do, actually. All right. It was definitely preferable to the first seven takes. (laughs) The world may never know. What uh, That's right. What was experienced on this fine night? Hopefully. <laughs> we do have a doozy for all of you campfire listeners. And I would like to say it is a doos. <laughs> all right. All right. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. You ready to get into this? The I am very, Bel Air very house. ready. I'm, the Bel Air honestly. House. Okay, if you're going to use the NPR voice, you at least have to do it at a little faster rate. <laughs> All right, fine. Your delayed fine. speech is freaking me out. <laughs> Throwing me off. Um, All right. No, Bel Air House. Yeah. It reminds I'm, me of Fresh Prince. That's the first thing I thought, obviously. I Right, uh, me too. Yeah, We're in our mid-30s. There's no way we could hear Bel Air without thinking about and Will Smith. also the new Peacock, like... Uh, new reimagining Bella is so good is it I haven't watched it incredibly good I absolutely I love I like it way more than Fresh Prince like I I love Fresh Prince but I mean it's like it's modern it's real it's like they deal with like you know big shit like yeah yeah that's that's besides the fact but yeah it's good it's great if you haven't checked it out you really really should so um yeah, I'm super. I'm super psyched to get back to a ghost story. I feel like we haven't done one in in quite a while. Um, see, and that was that was kind of why I wanted to do this. I I almost went, you know, like cycled back through with because I mean, there's so many disappearances. We're now dabbling in a little bit of true crime. Like, yeah. there's so much available. But I was like, man, I we haven't done we haven't done a hunt. We haven't done anything like that in, in a little bit. So. Yeah, it's been figured, like a month. I think it was time to do so. Yeah. You know who did the last haunted haunting that we covered? It was you. <laughs> well, I'm back, I guess. <laughs> you did the Zozo house was the last. Oh, Zozo. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But even that was more of like, oh, that story was more about Ouija boards. You know what I right. mean? Yeah, that like, was that was all based yeah. around. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was a bit different. That was yeah. a bit different. This one yeah. we're dealing with a straight up Hollywood haunted house. Like, yeah, this full is blown, like the ha- most haunted house in America, mind uh, obviously. you. Yeah, yeah. Like I mentioned, number one thousand three hundred and sixty-five of them. Just add it to the list of houses that make that claim. Right. right. Yeah. The list of dozens, if not hundreds, of There's, places. Dude, uh, I mean, it's it's every place's claim to fame. Yeah. We have the most haunted house in the existence of the ever everything (laughs) dinosaurs couldn't even trump this i mean you don't you don't say like you don't have like your haunted house name on the sign and then underneath it says like mid-range haunting (laughs) right (laughs) and like it's marketing obviously the most haunted house in the u.s in all of alabama that's a that reminds me it always cracks me up a thing that like the comedian Theo Vaughn says when he's talking about me he says it all the time when he's talking about people he's like he's got to be like one of the top four or five hundred guys ever <laughs> like he just <laughs> tags the hundred on there real quick yeah I've, I mean it's so easy to do because they, there's no way that you can you can literally like look at him be like yes this is the most haunted house that you have ever ever will and ever has been you know right. like I mean, that's just that's a big ass claim 
what judicial body is making those determinations? <laughs> That's what I'm <laughs> the Haunted about. House Federation of America. Exactly. They just they have a full rating system. <laughs> they they do. Yes. That's silly. Yeah. It's based off a of Z scale, so you know, use yeah. that as you will. I mean, all that mockery being said, this house does have it checks almost every box for a haunted house. It does. Yeah. I mean it's it surprisingly, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty gnarly one. And it has, yeah, like you said, it pretty much has everything. Yeah. Right? Yep. I mean, we're talking like noises at night, footsteps, night and day, the feeling watched when you're inside, they have missing items, fucking night terrors, shadow figures, full body apparitions, cold spots, yep. like everything in this place. Yeah. Not to mention the, the people who say they've been scratched and pushed down the stairs and all right. that shit. People that have been thrown across the room. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, a couple, a couple instances people have claimed to be physically thrown across the room from an unseen force. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's pretty much everything. Everything that you could yeah. pack into a haunted house is in here. Um, I mean, if I wanted a haunted house, this is the haunted house I'd want. Sure. For now. It, yeah. Until the next one. It's right up there. Um, the one one detail that makes this an like it <clears throat> it confirms one hundred percent that this is like the Hollywood prototype for a for a haunted house movie, yeah. right? Is the detail that the husband dismissed it dismissed it all. <laughs> that, that I was waiting in, for that to get brought up. Yes, yeah, in every haunted house movie, the guy's it's, like, nah. it's that. It's that 90s dad, right? Yeah. We've talked about this in several episodes, and I know we talked a lot about it in uh, the uh, Black Forest haunting. Yep. yep. But, like, that traditional 90s dad that's like, yeah, this is a real, nothing's yeah. going on here. His, My family's just seeing stuff. Right, his children, they're flying across the room, fucking <laughs> shit's Get catching shit on together. fire at will. He's right, like, nah, yeah. none, none of this, I don't buy it. They're they're doing it themselves. Yeah, I I just don't buy it. Yeah, that that is I I love I love that. Un- unfortunately, I love it just because yeah. it it's so it's so like I mean it's so common with yeah. with these types of cases. It's such a classic you character, have, right? I mean, this dad he's obviously got big balls and like yeah he's yeah. like yeah Fucking nothing tough scares guy. me mm-hmm. until like he sees something move and then he's like yeah we need to move yeah. I I like the the steps that happen after they move. First of all, hats off for moving out. Like Yeah, good no, call. yeah. They didn't stay in and endure it. Like she was ready to get out as yeah. soon as possible. But then they But they go, were there for a while. Yeah. How long how long did they actually stay? Do you know? I don't have the exact timeline. I know that uh so they had been living with some friends for, for a while because right. they had been down on their luck. They were Unfortunately, their house had gotten flooded, and so yep, um, you know, so yeah, they've been living with some friends. They found this house. They've been looking for a while, and I I want to say that they were there roughly about a year. Okay, yeah, like it wasn't very it wasn't very long, you know. I mean, like they they endured it through the winter season up until the winter season. It was like after that, like that's when shit hit the fan, and she was like, "Yeah, this is actually real." Yeah. That, yeah, I mean that makes sense, right? I I also love the bit like you can really tell that or it really emphasizes how how much they were struggling financially when they were still there. You know what I mean? The yeah. the fact that they all kind of huddle in one room to conserve heat, right? To like so that they yeah, don't I mean, have to heat the like, whole house. Right. Dead of winter, they're all sleeping in the basement because there's a fireplace. Yeah. In the basement and so you know, they have like the way that the room is set up, they basically they have a couch, they have a couple chairs in the corners yeah. and yeah, I mean it's set up like almost like a secondary living space. Yeah. No, I mean I that just like I related to that immediately cuz I, you know, I grew up like that. Yeah. <clears throat> in the winter we would, you know, like hang blankets up over doorways to like close oh, yeah, off dude. the living room and fucking mm-hmm. kerosene heater in the middle of the living room and everyone just I, camping I, in the yeah, living room. I know all about that life as well. Like, yep. Yeah, I mean, grow, growing up, we were, you know, like both of our, our families weren't well off. Yeah, factory workers. You know, and so, exactly. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, you know, like using a kerosene heater when you know, like shit gets really tough, yep. like yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a thing. So yeah, I I I I resonate with this as well. I mean, it's you know, it's kind of this everybody's down there together, um, you know, just trying to survive the winter which yeah. you know let you know obviously they're not heating the rest of this house like they're they're only heating this basement area yep um and so needless to say this is this is where like it starts to really really take off right yeah and she's um uh, Kristen, the the main woman of the house she's sleeping on the couch and feels like she basically just feels like her legs getting pressed down like Essentially, the way that I kind of imagined it is like almost like someone like sitting on your feet if you're like laying on a couch, right? Yeah, everybody everybody knows or understands that that feeling, right? Yeah. So I think I think it was probably something like that, and she woke up and basically looks up and she's face to face with this like ghastly figure. Yeah, full body apparition. And she and she explained it like it was like a misty figure, like translucent, everything. Yeah, that's gnarly. Which is which is pretty cool. There's actually some pictures uh, that I'll make sure that uh, that you get if if you don't already have that. Like they took pictures of quote unquote ghosts as well. Okay, like these kind of like smoky hazy figures and yeah. stuff like that. They were pretty cool. Interesting. So right, yeah. I I mean it could just been some dust in the air and the way that uh, the camera moved. Like whatever. Yeah. But still, it's I like to give it the benefit of a doubt. But I like knowing, you know, how much they were struggling financially that they still, this was so bad that they just like focused, like honed in, got their shit together and got out of there. Right. Yeah. Um, Which is not easy to do it even in like, not, not at all. Even in the 2005 or 2006, you know, housing market, even back then it was not easy to do um, to just, you know, up and move. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's hard for, I would like to think anyone. Yeah, just about. You know, just to just to be able to be like, yeah, we, we can't live here anymore. We're going to go and rent out a house. But yeah, we're still paying on this house. Yeah, and, no, that's you tough. Know, they're, yeah, I mean, they, obviously, like, they lost everything in this flood yep. at the time. So they're, you know, they're trying to trying to build back up. And so, like, I like that's like one thing, like I couldn't imagine trying to rebuild through all this, like from money is tight, obviously, because they're having to rebuild. And then they own a home and they're having to rent out another home and they finally move out. Yep. Like, that's just that's crazy. Yeah, it's dark times. You know, that's like. That's one of those time periods that you look back on as a family and you're like, man, I can't believe we made it through that. You know, I think every family yeah. has those, whether it be yeah, financial I'm- or emotional or what, it, you know, whatever. It is. I think every family has those time periods. You look back and you're just like, I can't believe we got through that. Like, yeah, yeah. I- yeah, I I think you you obviously hit it perfectly. Like, I regardless of what it is, it doesn't have to be financial. I mean, it can just be shit that's going on in the family, yeah. like whatever. Yep. But it's it's a it's a hard thing to. I mean, like raising a family is hard enough, right? And then to have to go through all that, and then also you know come out like smiling at the end of it, like yeah, we're we're pushing through, right? Is yeah, that's that's yeah. extremely tough. It's commendable, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then, obviously, they have trouble keeping renters. Because they right. try to sell it yeah. first, right? And no one's buying it. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to sell it for for weeks. Yeah. You know, like it's. It, I mean, I think weeks bled into months uh, that yeah. they were. They're trying to sell it. They're literally sitting in a rental, and then finally, she has this bright idea. Like, how can we capitalize on this? Basically, yep. How can this property and pay for itself? Exactly, and, and perfect. Like, I mean, that's the perfect idea. Like she made the extreme, the most, the smartest move I think she could have made. Yeah. Like the fact that nobody wants to live in this house. They've had, they decided to rent it out. That was another thing. So yeah. After they tried to sell it, they decided, okay, we'll just use it as a rental. And as soon as like anybody'd move in, they'd move out. Yeah. So nobody you know, They to couldn't stay. keep tenants. So like, yeah, I mean, obviously it was, there was a reason. You know, there was a reason, and she she figured out like. There, there is a market for people that are interested and in, in that. I mean, you this know, is obviously this is what oh six oh seven, 
around that time. Yeah, some something around that time. Yeah, that's like prime ghost hunters on TV. Yeah, you know that's like right when like um, not ghost adventures. I mean, they were right in there around that time too. But like, um, what was the one? The team was called Taps. Go was it Ghost Hunters? Oh yeah, and. Was it Ghost Hunters? I can't. I can't remember. I th- it might have been. I think it was called Ghost. And that Hunters. was also like I was obsessed with the show called Paranormal State. There you go. And yep. it was a group of students from uh, was it Youngstown University yep. out, of, uh, out of Pennsylvania or Ohio? Yeah. yeah, they were out of either out of Pennsylvania or Ohio. I can't remember. It yep. was either Youngstown or it was like Penn. No, it was Penn State. It, okay, there we go. Yeah, yeah, it was Penn State. So it was obviously very close, but yeah, a group of like young college students that like formed a show that got picked up by like what was it, the Learning Channel or Discovery Channel or yeah, something? It was TLC and or it was the phenomenal. Travel Channel, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was so good, and uh, I mean, they just they just they were college students and did paranormal investigations and yeah, got a major show out of it. Yeah, but yeah, the, it was awesome. This is like the perfect time period to start marketing a haunted house. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Ghost hunting was at, like, the top of the zeitgeist at the time. Everyone was yeah, talking it was, about it. Yeah, it was huge. Watching it, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, perfect so, idea. Like, yeah. And, I, and, and I mean, it, it, at that point, it's going gonna, it's gonna to sell. It, essentially, it's going to pay for itself, yeah. right? I mean, it's at that point, it's it's a tourist. Like, yeah. it, it, I don't want to say tourist trap. Tourist destination. It's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I I had a question because do you were you using the term afterlife researchers as a synonym for ghost hunters or is that something different? I mean basically as a synonym, yeah. Okay. But that's that's what she referred to it as. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Which I, I guess is just a classy way to say yeah. ghost hunters. Very you know? classy. I'd never heard right. that phrase before. Like that's that's one way <laughs> yeah. to say it for sure. So if we ever start our show, we're going to be afterlife researchers. That's right. Yeah. Yep. You heard it here. <laughs> we're going to go the academic approach to it. You're, I mean, it's also sort of like vaguely religious sounding, you know, like. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Like you'd think that like, um, you know, there might there might be like a religious bent to someone who calls themselves an afterlife researcher. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least, yeah, like, deeply philosophical, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I dig it, though, regardless. It's, yeah, me it's too. It's a cool way, to, cool way to put it. Yeah, I like it. It's a very cool phrase. To, um, to go way back, the history of the house is pretty crazy, right? Like, the stuff with the Hetherington family? Yeah. Yeah, so... I mean, you have uh, who was it? Jacob Jacob Hetherington yep. was the, the original... The builder. Um, Right, built the house in 1887. Yep, I think yeah, yeah, 1887. Um, and then of course, like, you know, uh, it ended up having his daughter and uh, son, or his sorry, his son move in with his daughter. Yeah, um, yeah, and so like, and also just a little bit of backstory on Jacob Hetherington. He was essentially a uh, a coal tycoon in, in this this era, right? Okay. And so, like, this area was very, very rich in, in coal mines and everything. And, of course, there was one underneath the house. So he was a monster. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, depending on yeah. how you look at it, I guess. I mean, people who ran those coal companies were fucking... Uh, I mean, yeah. They were brutal. Yeah, of course. Like brutal they're pretty much yeah they're one of the main reasons why why things like the 40-hour work week why like um the idea of paid time off all that stuff came as a result of like revolts against coal mining companies of like workers going on strike and saying like yeah those those were some of the first unions we ever had well he uh he may be responsible for part of that then yeah you know but yeah, he was this wealthy, wealthy coal coal tycoon. Of course, builds his his estate and everything, mm-hmm. and then, and that's where you know the basically this coal mine ends up collapsing below the house, killing. Uh, oh man, I had the number here, and I I've I've 
I don't have it anymore, but I, I know it was like, I want to say something like 40 people. Yeah. Something like that, uh, which, I mean, pretty significant number. Absolutely. Um, might be 14 or 40. So, <laughs> you know, take it as you will. You either can look one. it up if you want to be specific. But I mean, still, regardless, either of those numbers is massive. Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to, like, deaths as a, as a result of this coal mine caving. Yeah. Right? And so... That's where, and this also, this area is very, I mean, it's known for the, uh, what was it, the French and Indian War? Yeah. It was a battleground, right? Exactly, yeah. yeah. And then the Native American burial caves are right here next to it as well. So, I mean, it's, you pick the worst place in the world to build a house. You want a haunted house? Because this is how you get a haunted house. (laughs) <laughs> right like yeah. isn't this basically the setting for poltergeist basically like, come yeah. on yeah so i mean all of this shit just combined right yeah and then of course this coal mine caves in and then so all this stuff starts to happen but at the same time we have after uh the sun he he comes in and um, Alex, he right? Ends He's up, the one with the seizure disorder, yeah. right? Yeah, he ends up starting developing seizures and hallucinations, goes into an, uh, basically an asylum and lives out the rest of his days because he thought or was he claimed that demons were trying to kill him. Right. And so after that, then of course, his kids we move have in, right? lied that uh, lied that's living there, right? And then. She ends up basically taking over the estate, taking over the family business, um, you know, kind of kind of dealing with all that. And what is she she had her younger brother Edwin. Edwin had also moved in as well. Right. And so she ends up just randomly passing away on the kitchen floor. That's unexpectedly. Weird. Yeah. And so after Lyde passes away, Edwin basically spirals at that right. point. And he goes down this like weird path of like mysticism and occult and Yes. Uh, you know, like starts to dive like into these, you know, just finding answers. So he starts hosting seances. You mean he gets awesome? I'm <laughs> I, I'm too sure, sure, yeah. That's that's one way to put it, you know, like I mean you know, it might be a little extreme, depending. Maybe not. But, uh, yeah, starts hosting seances, and, like, this is where a lot of people believe that this door opens. He's trying to get in contact with his sister, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's trying to get in contact and find answers to what happened. Why did she die? Like, Right. But, like, I mean, really, there hadn't been a whole lot experienced until this point, though. Yeah. Until, until he started hosting these seances. Okay. And that's when things really take off. Right. So then we skip two because he had all those seances and forgot to say goodbye at the end. Yeah, well, yeah, basically, fucking probably. dummy. So yeah, and then we skip to all these years later when Kristen and her family move in. Is so there, this is what kind of creates this like backstory. Is there any information about the gap, the time in between? So not really, because uh, it was such a, I mean, such an early time, right? Yeah. That like I mean we have we have kind of the base the basis of what led up to it I mean you know the family the family that owned the house and the people that moved into it and then like this supposedly happening and him starting you know starting deep dive into yeah into like this 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 other other world basically but like not really a whole lot to kind of follow that I just wonder like. Um... I'd love to get a, a look at the housing records. You know what I mean? Like, who lived here? Because, okay, so it was right, built in yeah. 1887. Obviously, we don't know how long each of these people lived there, but yeah, we're talking, like, maximum there's, like, a 20-year age difference between yeah, each I mean, we have, generation. I mean, at that point, the house is over 100 years. Right, so that gets us 60 years ahead so like we're talking about the like late 1940s maybe the 1950s right yeah i mean there's i guess maybe if you deep dive into like just finding out like the people that lived in the house Mm -hmm. i mean these are like the major the major things to kind of come off of this place yeah 
And there's like, there's even, you know, you can go on TripAdvisor and, and rate this place. Like if you, yeah. you, you know, it's, it's literally just, an, a, just a destination at this point. But yeah, so yeah. I mean, you know, unfortunately, I, I yeah, I don't have a lot of like the in between yeah. data. No, it's cool. I just I would um, love to. Like, I'm sure it's out there though. I'd love like, to get in touch with people who lived in the house and be like, you know, and ask if they had any experiences right. in this like 50 year gap. You know, well, what's actually pretty cool um, is in 2000. Hang on, 2000 something in 2022. Um. There was a movie, a made-for-Tubi, Tubi TV yeah. movie called The Bel Air House Movie, The Hetherington Family. Okay. Starring the a Hetherington ancestor. Uh, by He was apparently, he's apparently this, like, hip-hop celebrity rapper. Okay. Known as, uh, or Josh Hetherington, also known as Josh from YNC. Okay. I, I've never heard of him, but I'm not nearly cool enough to know who that is. Right, yeah. Aired on October 31st, 2022. And it like it cuts it goes over a lot of this, you know, it's it's this mo- this movie that this house is based around. Nice, that's cool. I wonder if there's um, anywhere so, else to get it. I was going to say if you have 2B yeah, it was 2 yeah, it was 2B. Yeah, 2B TV. Okay. Um you know, feel free to look it up and check it out. I thought um, Tubi was like, I th- aren't they? Isn't that one of the services that just air things like live, like in a row? You know, and you just like flip through um, channels. I, I I think they they offer more, but I think it's all ad based. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you know, so one of those platforms that I don't like to go on, so yeah. I didn't bother trying to watch this. Same. Um, <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> I, I just can't do ads. I'm sorry. I'd like I, to check I, it out. Though. Spoiled at this point. Yeah, I, I I would love to check it out if I could find a you know ad free. Maybe if Tubi has a. I mean, I don't mind the occasional ad. I'm like I'm one of those guys that'll pick the like the package with ads to save like three dollars a month. You know, which maybe if I if I check it out with Brave, Brave browser will block ads. Yeah, and it'll block ads even on those like those ad based streaming sites. Really. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, that's that's how I get around. That's a hot YouTube tip for you guys stuff. out there. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't hear from me, or maybe you did. I don't give a shit. But yeah, I didn't make it. I'd check that out for sure. Um, right. But yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. So I mean, they made a whole movie based around this house, of course. And it's yeah, like about why the, they? the history of the house, right? Yeah, it's more so on like the Heathering fa- Heatherington family history. Which that's Jacob Hetherington yeah. was the the founder the you know first first one to live there. By the way, Hetherington is a last name that has far too many suffixes. I mean, it reminds me they should make a, a Netflix show on this family because the new Hetherington family. Yeah, it's like Bridgerton, basically. Yeah, it's just too but, it's too many. Like you could have just kept going, and I would have just had to believe you. Like you could have just told me his Heathering, name was like Jacob Hetheringtonion Tron Orator five thousand nine exactly Jacob Hetherington Erson Ersberg. <laughs> <laughs> so there was a, there was a local Ohio paranormal investigative group that decided they they've actually went into this house multiple times um, over the years and so they I mean they're probably most most well known with it yeah well one night they went in and had one of the craziest experiences they ever had and like at that point they never wanted to go back yeah what happened so uh there were three three investigators and they all decided to uh to investigate one night and it was around midnight and they were they were making their way up to the attic um, and so basically they, they reach the attic and once they get there, they're kind of, they're questioning. I think they're, they're using a spirit box at that time. Um, you know, just asking questions, you know, sitting up there and they're getting direct interactions. I mean, like every, every question they ask, they're met with like real, real answers. That's awesome. You know, which is, which is really cool. I love that yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, and so as this is happening, all of a sudden, basically out of the corner of the room, 
they see this kind of mist start to rise from the floor. And it's like kind of coming up and it's enveloping the room and it's surrounding them at this point. Yeah. Like it's a mist that's literally surrounding them and filling up the room. And so they basically watch, uh, you know, as they're as they're watching this kind of mist mist kind of envelop them they look down and at their feet they see uh, literally thousands of black slithery snakes oh kind of slithering around their feet and climbing up their legs and um at this point this is when shit gets crazy (laughs) what it's getting they watch yeah they watch as this form develops uh, from all these snakes. Mm. Like this form that develops from the snakes that they said basically uh, it's literally standing in front of the attic window and form, forms into a person basically. And they describe it as having thousands of small beady eyes all over this thing. Okay. And at that point they just said fuck it we're out and they booked it literally ran down the attic stairs out the front door and never returned yeah that's fucking nuts that's which i mean yeah that's that's pretty intense yeah you know that's some shit like from the craft right (laughs) like so uh yeah that i was that that experience i was like okay that's that's pretty that's pretty crazy i wonder if the house is like chock full of mold it's possible. I mean, I would say there's probably a good a good chance of it, right? Being built in the 1800s, it's probably never been properly insulated or yeah. treated. That you know? honestly sounds like a trip, like a like a it bad trip. Yeah, it could be. Even now, just the first part with the mist would be terrifying, like it surrounding you and starting to fill up the room. Like that's scary shit. Well, that's what Kristen had described as seeing a mist that this figure developed from this translucent figure right right but not this like snake formed beast like that is terrifying literally what nightmare humanoid nightmares are made of yeah Yeah. humanoid made of snakes that's yeah now a couple facts to throw at you to kind of some food for thought so Kristen had a master's degree in psychology. Okay. Um, and worked as a mental health physician. Gotcha. So one thing... Um, so when when her son, when he first started experiencing this thing in his room, right? This The night terrors. Right. The night terrors and this like black figure. Right. Staring at him, like writhing and like... Apparently it's like twitching like crazy. Ugh. Like, so her professional opinion on all of this was that he experienced what was contributed to stress and fatigue, um, both common factors that tend to make the human mind see and experience things that aren't really there, of course. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that yeah. that's that's pretty normal. Um, you know, so like but like one thing one thing trying to get at is that she I mean she has literally a master's in psychology, works as a mental health physician. And yet she's one of the first ones to fully say this house is haunted. Right. You know, like that, like, I think stands, it stands a lot of ground. There's a line a that of, even you know, she like, couldn't cross. Right. Yeah. No, that now, makes sense, man. When you're seeing so yeah, like I, full body apparitions and interacting with them. Right. Exactly. Because like tactile hallucinations are much, much less common than visual or auditory. Like, to hallucinate something so completely that you can feel it. Yeah. That's that's super rare. Which, you know, of course makes sense for her to like try and rationalize her son sure. her you know what her son had experienced until she too experienced, you know, yeah. the crazy shit that started happening. Yeah. That's so, just human nature to try to find a way to be able to control what's happening, I, right? Yeah, like, of course. Yeah. Of course. That's that's that whole that's the whole nineties dad thing, right? Sure. Too? Yeah. Like, you know, like of course it's not real, like whatever. Yeah. Until like I, it happens to you. I could kick its ass. Yeah. Yeah. And then once you're scared, then well, alright, that's a little bit different story. Yeah, exactly. So 
Now, uh, a little bit of other, uh, some uh, some other information here. Um, now, of course, it's said that a lot of investigators that come in here experience the feeling of taking something home with them. They suffer from they start to suffer suffer from night terrors. Gotcha. And a lot of these dreams that they have, they feel are calls trying to call them back to trying to pull them back into this place. Nice. Which I think, yeah, which is pretty awesome. Obviously, yeah, that's you know, a cool like, touch. I, I'm a sucker for shit like that too. So yeah. Now, additionally, um, so there's it's said that um the a sinister entity entity lives or lives or resides within the house um now there's a girl by the name of emily davis uh she it's said or believed that she had drowned in the ohio river just uh just outside of the house basically yeah and that when her family so her family lived there it was one of the families that lived there um and she had a bedroom there that nicholas the son uh, Kristen's son also lived in this, you know, shared that same room when they lived there. So it's believed that what he was seeing was possibly Emily, but people also believe that it's not actually her that they were seeing, and it's actually a demon. Sure, something demonic mimicking right. a little girl. So this is a story yeah. from between, right? From yeah. that time period between. So this is okay, right? Yeah, th- but this is like, you know, one of the little bits of information we have, right? There nice. was a death, where a girl drowned, drowned in in the river, okay. but lived in the house. I like it. Not and the, so that's yeah, not the another little girl another kind of big that thing. We have a story. <laughs> yeah, no, of course not. No, but yeah, that way we have we have something. It's kind of an in between, right? Yeah. Of course, I mean, I'm sure there's there's a lot more there, and there's probably lulls in activity throughout the time. I mean, yeah, as there always are, you know, are in cases like this, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's another another big one. So they believe that there is this demon, and then that's what like it's believed that this this girl from Ohio saw in the attic that formed from these snakes and right. You know what Nicholas was seeing in the in the bedroom because he he described it as a black a blackened figure. Sure, that like shook constantly. I'm I kind of envision that more as like a shadow person. You think so? You know, I mean, okay. obviously, anytime you have people getting scratched and thrown around and pushed downstairs, and anytime you have that, you're going to have people saying like demon. I mean, right? yeah, but you could also argue that shadow figures can be demonic i suppose so i mean i personally don't believe anything is demonic but okay you know that's i mean that's just my position on it i'm not a demon guy but yeah um i'm i'm used to hearing it you know what i mean with stories like this somebody oh i know yeah yeah there's always somebody willing to say you know i'm not even sure ghosts are dead people so i'm like i'm always up in the air on these stories you know yeah yeah okay i mean yeah take it as you will you know obviously i mean i love them uh, so much haunted like ghost stories are some of my favorite stories of all time um i think maybe because i have no idea what that what it is you know what i mean that might be why i love them so much and as i get older i i start to look at things that way too like when I was younger and I I I had my experiences, I was dead set. Like this is fucking it, man. This yeah. is a hundred percent, no doubt about it. This is it. But as I get older, like I I find myself really questioning, you know, like the true extent of these things. Sure. I mean, there. Like, are, what else could it be? There are just so many like valid theories. You know what I mean on on what they are. Yeah, and I mean most of them. And I'm not saying like hardline skepticism because I very rarely fall on that side of anything, but there, you know, there are echoes from the past, you know, the stone tape theory, the idea that like material can hold memories basically. Mm -hmm. And are they just replays of things that occurred before? I like like that. I like that idea. And I definitely buy into that a bit. Yeah, for sure. Mm hmm. Same. There, there's, there's just so many 
so many like leading theories. There really isn't. I mean, yeah, the vast majority of people think of ghosts and they think spirits, right? Like right. disembodied souls. But I don't know, man. It could be a lot of different things. I I think you're right. I mean, obviously, I I think there's definitely more to it. Yeah, there's, de- there's definitely more to it. But I think like when it comes down to it, there I think there there is some for some form of like force or power at that point that can manifest. Yeah, you know that can create these things, whether or not. It's demonic, if we want to use the word demonic, which sure, I find I man, the, see this is this is so tough because I go back and forth. Like, yeah. I find the idea of demons and like demonic forces and things like that extremely compelling. Yeah, but at the same time, like I question it too. I mean, they make for good storytelling. They make for, for sure. phenomenal storytelling for sure. Yeah, I mean, and I think it it creates the one of the most terrifying of stories. Yeah. Definitely. In my opinion. I mean, the idea of being up against some ancient evil, right? That's that's compelling, for sure. Yeah. But, you know, like, um, See, Joy, Joy Johns, she runs a page on Instagram called Witch Mooncraft. She, I've heard her say a million times, she's like, demon is derived from the Latin for spirit. That's all, like, that's what that word is. Like, which... I mean, you could you could take that you could take that as both ways, right? Yeah. Demon being more malevolent versus sure, you know, the counter, right? So, I mean, you know, I I think it's it's one of those things that like I don't know. I feel like there is quote unquote some demonic force, okay, there, but maybe it's not again quote unquote demon. See, I don't know if there's like a dichotomy. Right, I don't. Okay. When I think of the other, I tend to think of it as being a singular but all-encompassing thing. Right. Like, I mean, this is uh, think of it almost like on the lines or in the the same same. I'm trying to think of the proper way to say it, but like along the same lines as like ultra terrestrials. Sure. Right. Like, it's almost all-encompassing. Just like the, and I think maybe the positive versus negative interactions that people have with the other it tends to come from like your unique blend of you know your spirit your thoughts your you as a person blending with the other right i think a lot of it also has to do with your culture Sure. Like, you know absolutely i think a lot of it's going to be culture based yeah your sure. cultural context for it mm-hmm. right i think right. i think that's why we're why we so often hear these like really negative or scary ghost stories around people that are in liminal spaces that are you know going through some kind of turmoil or some yeah. big change you know who obviously are going to have a lot of anxiety or fears or even depression or you know, the things that come along with your life making a major shift, right? Right, which a, de- right. a demonic or, force can feed off or, of. Right, you or know, it's your, like that anxiety and that fear way, right. that you're having is being reflected by the other, right? And so that's the kind of experience you end up having. Yeah. It's just like going into a trip right. being in a bad headspace. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, it's gonna you're gonna have you're gonna have yeah, bad time absolutely right yep so uh, yeah i i see i see exactly what you're saying i mean you know it's uh like you said i mean it, the the older i get the more i kind of start to kind of weave in that direction yeah. or at least be more bit. receptive to it yeah yeah oh yeah for yeah. sure I, that's probably the better way to put it um you know but I, of course like still i mean you know at my roots i'm still like you know, there, there's some scary shit going yeah. on here. Like this is this is ghostly. This is demonic. Like, you know, I've I've seen what I what I think are demons. I've experienced you know what what I think is a demonic force. Yeah. I've seen what I believe are ghosts, yeah. and dealt with that. Like so, but yet at the same time, I don't know. You know, it's right. you know again. The more I think about it, and the more the older I get, like the more I I start to open up. I'm like, well. I've had 
terrible anxiety and paranoia my right. whole life. You know, like a lot of that can can really create, especially like, I mean, you know, just think of like, you know, if you have a panic attack and stuff like that, it can cause you to feel and react and, and see things, yes. you know, like depending on how bad the situation gets. So like, you know, like I try to, I try to be a little bit more yeah. open to being skeptical per se. I um see if you take what you just said and put it through the lens of what I said before, not just your anxiety and paranoia and stuff, but cultural context, like you mentioned, that's, you know, in, in my opinion, that's someone who believes in ghosts and demons and, you know, that true evil does exist, right? Coming up against the other or blending with the other, co-creating a situation, and it's yeah. going to fall into those categories because that's how you perceive it. You know what I mean? You're you're going to see what you believe. Yeah, true. Right? Seeing isn't believing. Believing is seeing. That's right. <laughs> Flip it. Reverse it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But... Yeah, but I mean, regardless, yeah, there's, you know, that, I mean, that's why I love ghost stories, man, because it also Same. gets at the fundamental nature of human beings. You know what I mean? It's just the human condition reflected in these crazy phenomena. You know, it like it's I think it tells us ghost stories are are a way that that we deal with mortality they're a way that we that we kind of put like life and death on two on opposite sides of the scale you know what i mean i I think that's why they're so like compelling on a fundamental level yeah i think it's uh you know it's a cool way to like not not just the obviously they make for great stories but they do Mm -hmm. but i think like at the same the same time a kind of it gives a way to put things into a perspective that we can't really make sense of. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. like trying to fashion some form, rhyme or reason or whatever else, you know, I, I, it, it helps. It helps to be able to do that. And, you know, and, and again, yeah. you know, religion aside, everything, you know, all of that aside, I think like, yeah, I think there is evil in the world. Obviously, sure. you know, yeah. But whether or not that comes from some ancient evil, demonic, uh, demonic evil, whatever, like anything religion based or whatever else, I don't know. But at the same time, like I'm still, you know, I'm still going to question things. That's yeah. you know, and then I love that this allows us to be able to have an opportunity to be able to question those things and yeah, to I mean, kind of try and piece it together, right? Yep. I mean, when it comes to evil, it's like nature versus nurture versus supernature. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, like, yeah, for sure. Does, is that evil? Because obviously people do evil, right? We we see it every day. Right. Right. Um, so does that evil come from, you know, epigenetics? Does it come from like generation upon generation of warmongers and people who had to fight tooth and nail to survive and so violence is just sort of written into our dna or Or is it all just free will based right or is it nurture where you know we've anyone who's ever learned about serial killers and people like that they're they're oftentimes 99 percent of the time their childhoods are completely fucked i mean yeah and they're you know tortured as a child or you know or does the evil is the evil literally just are those physical embodiments of this ancient you know source of malevolence these you know satan or demons or something you know living their energy through these human tools yeah right it's we don't really know mm-hmm. right exactly or is it a combination of all three, right? Are and some one and some the other? And that could be very possible too, you know? Sure. 
Yeah. But that's what's nice about it, is we don't know. And we yeah. will never know. It's fucking... There's nothing better than a ghost story for thought experiments. Exactly. Like... God, I, yeah, so I mean, I you know, of course, I love the I love the cookie cutter haunts. This, yeah. this, this, and that this happened, and yeah, cool ghosts, whatever. Yeah, but like, I love the ones where you can actually kind of think about it and put you know try and like try and put real world occurrences and things like that to you know try and try and play it off like you know as as almost like a source. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I'm. Um, this was a great story. Yeah, I, honestly, I like even even being, I imagine this is Eastern Ohio since the guy who built it was a coal baron, right? It's like this is in like the foothills of Appalachia, right? Uh, it's along the Ohio eastern River, Ohio. so it's not too far eastern Ohio. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's Southern Ohio. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, I mean, okay. literally, the house was right off of the Ohio River. And that's yeah, the, you're right. You're right. You mentioned the one that in the, the story. Girl had had, had uh, drowned in. Yeah. Okay, but I had never heard of this place ever, so I was I enjoyed it a lot. A little quick fact: the Bel Air Bridge was filmed in Silence of the Lambs. Nice. Yeah, I okay. didn't know that until just now. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Little uh, cheeky Easter egg, I guess, if you will. Absolutely, right at the end. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to wrap up episode ninety-eight, the Bel Air House Haunting. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week. And it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you. So please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook. At campfire.totsau on Twitter. And you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And trust in the unknown.